Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God, a wonderful God, a glorious God. Thank you, Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to welcome you to this wonderful service. The Lord is here. The Lord is surely here. His presence is here. And he has come with his blessing. He's come with his power to change, to transform. He's come with his power to give us testimonies and his goodness. He's come with his mercy and loving kindness. He's come with his glory to be revealed in our lives. He come with his power to change situations, healing the sick and setting the captives free. He's come with his power to promote each and every one of us and take us to the level that he has planned for us. Let's put our hands together for the Lord again. Thank you, Jesus. As a tradition in this church, next Sunday, by the special grace of God, being the first Sunday of the month of February, it's a first fruit offering service day. If you like to clap, please clap. Because it's unto God they are clapping, not unto me. So the glory of the Lord, we're having our first fruit offering for the year next Sunday. And I believe we are looking forward to it. I believe you are looking forward to it with some great excitement and great expectation because it's a unique service. To the Lighted Church, First Fruit Offering is a covenant keeping and faith demonstrating service which we look forward to every year. I just wanted to be very attentive and listen as I speak in the power of the Holy Spirit by my convention about what has all of a sudden become controversial so that you get to understand where we are coming from as a church, as a church. Remember in the course of sharing the vision, I said we are not like any other church. There is some uniqueness about every church and that has to do with their vision and their calling. That has to do with the revelation given to the sick man concerning the church. And so if you bring our church and put it in another church, it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit. I am not called the same way somebody else is called and somebody else is not called the same way I'm called. And the word given are never, never exactly the same. The way God blesses and touches the life of people are never exactly the same. The relationship between people and God are never exactly the same. Check the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and watch those God has distinguished and blessed and worked with. Their characters are never the same. The way God worked with them are never the same. Their ministries are never the same. Their impacts are never the same. The cause of their calling are never the same. The method that they are calling are never the same. The results of their life are never the same. None of them live, I mean, all of them didn't live exactly the number of years. All of them don't have the same height, the same stature. They don't speak the same way. They don't have 
similar or the same character. Everyone has different character, different ways, and God approached them differently. As close as Elisha was with Elijah, there are people of very different characters and personality. David handed over to his son that God asked him to hand over to. David's life and Solomon's life were never the same. The way they walk and return with God were never the same. And so if you want me to be like somebody else, you make a mistake. I want somebody else to be like me, you make a mistake. That is why at times it's good for you to locate your pastor and be comfortable with who is your pastor so that you can be able to get the best of your pastor because every pastor is not exactly the same. Praise the Lord. Also as a tradition, we spend the Sunday before the first week of every Sunday, like today, to get understanding of why we as a church give our first fruit offering to God. To God and not to man. To God and not to the pastor. To God and not to a minister like some churches will do. So when you are hearing criticism, you don't join in criticism, you don't also argue with them because some churches give first fruit offering and the pastor preached that the first fruit offering is for him as a priest. It is not the same way as the lighted church. It is not for me. I don't take the first fruit offering for anything. Of course, I don't take salary in this church. The church does not take care of even buying fuel or paying my rent or giving me pocket money. I don't take allowances from this church. Not to talk of taking first fruit offering from the church. So if you are hearing people arguing, maybe they are arguing about people that their pastor said the first fruit offering is for the priest and you give the first fruit offering, they will use it to enjoy themselves. I'm not against that. I'm not arguing with them. But that's not the same way as the lighted church. So when you are hearing what you're hearing and you know, relating what you're relating, now make it peculiar to the actual situation as the case in point. Okay? So you must understand this, that the first fruit offering, for example, as you give it, it's not for me at all. Also, you are offerings. Also, you are tight. Also, you are seed fit. Nothing goes to me. I give my own also as my covenant with God. And I give it to God, not to man. Praise the Lord. So you need to flow with me and listen very carefully. There is no doubt that understanding our practice of first food offering will not only motivate you and I to give our first food offering unto the Lord with the whole of our heart, but it's also a part of understanding of what we practice as a church, as the church that you worship and belong to. Why do I say so? Because first food offering to the lighted church is a special covenant, listen to this, between us as a church and our God and which came from a special revelation from God to me. 
I know that some other churches practice it, but obviously not all churches practice that. So to me, it's a revelation. The revelation led to the covenant. But I bet you, our understanding and reason why we give our first fruit offering is different from the understanding and the reason of almost every church that I know. And so we are unique in our ways. And we are unique in the way we relate with our God and the offering of God's people. Our understanding and practice of giving our first fruit offering to God is clearly unique. Though it took its root from the Old Testament practice of first fruit offering, but listen to me, it has nothing to do with the keeping of the doctrine of the Old Testament first fruit offering. Though it took its root, its revelation, its understanding from the Old Testament first fruit offering as the people of God gave to God, it has no direct or indirect relationship with the Old Testament doctrine of the giving of the first fruit offering. The revelation, the understanding came from that practice of people of God in those days, but our practice as of today has really nothing to do with that Old Testament covenant that people of Israel had with their God. This is a special one between us and God. And I thank God that every year, starting from the very first year, that we as a church started giving our first fruit offering to God, we have always made this clear through our teachings. And this is how we started. In summary, on the 8th of February, 2004, being the first Sunday of that February, our first foot offering service started in the church. The lighted church entered into a covenant with the Lord to be given our first foot offering to him. That was when it all started. And before we did that first, first foot offering service, I also took time to explain where we are going to and why we are doing what we are about to do. I call the revelation on this service, on this giving, after the teaching series that I did on the seventh feast of the Lord. And after the teaching, I got understanding that there are some things that God allowed his people to do with him that actually cause them to be distinguished and prosper. There are certain things and certain ways he want them to relate with him that make them who they are, make them an enigma in the world, make them stand out. And I said, wait a minute. So there are principles that guide this thing that can distinguish a man that can make a man good, better, that can bring the best out of a man. And I said, wait a minute, why should I restrict myself 
to what I have always understood. I don't want to extend my understanding to other things that can better me as a person. And give me the blessing that I have always desired and has always wanted. It's in search of being closer to God and in search of getting the best from God by the provision of the gospel that actually inspire this. And so I caught the revelation from that teaching series. And the revelation came from understanding that the offering was a commandment that God gave directly to his people. The people of Israel as a practice for two major reasons. He told them to do that. Two major reasons. Number one reason, appreciation and honoring their God for the blessing of their first harvest of the year. To appreciate God, that God gave you the opportunity to have your first offering. That God kept you alive to be able to get something that you can say, oh God, I thank you. This year has started well. I've gotten something. And God, I thank you. And the way to appreciate him is you give him your first offering. And that was what God told his people. He further extended and said, when you get into the land that I promised you, once you pluck the fruit, give me the first of the best. In appreciation that I have led you to the land that I promised you. And I have also made the land a fruitful land for you where you can harvest. So first is an appreciation to the almighty God that he kept you alive and he gave you your first harvest. And the second reason is that it's a seed of their faith to God as God has commanded them to fulfill so as to be able to Say to God, you said to us to give you this. Then we give it to you because we believe you and we trust you. You cannot diminish us by asking us to give. Rather, you will increase us. So it, become, it became a thing of faith and a demonstration of the faith of God's people to God. Because God gave them the harvest and God promised them to give them a better harvest in the course of the year. So if you gave you the little that you have or the little that you have and you appreciate him for that and you obey his commandment by giving back to him then you are telling him that you trust him to give you the latter harvest. The other point is that He said to you that when you give your first fruit, he will not only give you the later harvest, he will protect it for you. He will protect whatever harvest God will give you in the course of the year. Protect it from the devourer. Protect it from the locust, the caterpillar, the palmerworms. Protect it from instrument of the enemy to eat up what belongs to you. So you act by faith. You give it by faith. And you are happy that you have done so. 
The first one is you appreciating him. If not that you are alive, you can't have. And you can be alive, you don't have. And now you are alive and you have. God, I thank you. The other one is God, you said, if I do this, you will protect my later harvest. I trust you. You are the one that gave me this first harvest. I trust you will give me the later one and you protect it for me. Take. That became a seed of faith. Therefore, apart from appreciating God by surrendering your first fruit to him, for keeping your life and giving you what to give to him, it's also a great demonstration of your faith in God to give you a greater harvest and further protect the harvest for the rest of the year. So to me, if I might ask, and of course I ask myself, what is wrong with my giving my first fruit to God for these wonderful reasons? Giving my first fruit because I'm appreciating him for giving me what I have and giving him because I want to demonstrate my faith that if he gave me this, he will give me the one he promised me. Demonstrating my faith that if I give it to him according to his word, he will protect my later harvest. Is there anything wrong in my, just for the sake of it, giving my first fruit to God? My answer is simply no. Nothing is wrong with that. Let us get to understand the real meaning of first fruit. Offering. The first two words is first fruit. First fruit. The first word is first. The other one is fruit. First fruit. First means first. Something that came first. Fruit means something that came from a seed. Fruit. The fruit you have. Something that came from your labor. Something that came as a result of what you worked for. That's your fruit. And that's the first one of your labor that results into fruit. Becomes your first fruit. So you can know it. When the year starts, the first salary you receive, the first income you have, the first payment you have, the first thing that comes into you and has increased your life becomes your first fruit. It's a fruit that you need to eat. It's a fruit that you need to do things with. The first one is your first fruit. Then what is offering? Offering simply means what you offer or what you give out or what you submit offering I offer you what you are giving out what's supposed to have been yours that you decide to give out or transfer the ownership to somebody and in our case like we have established Transfer the ownership to God. We are giving it to you as an offering. Hannah gave out Samuel as an offering to God. I offer you for this child you have given me. I'm also giving it back to you. That was an offering child. So offering can be in any form. You can offer your life as a living sacrifice. We sing it, but we don't mean it. Because you dictate how God will use you and how God 
will work with you. But when you are really an offering to God, you have no, you have no portion in deciding how you relate with God and how God will want to use you. So you stop singing it when you don't mean it. So once you're coming here and we stand for offering and you bring your money, you are giving it to God, you don't go and take it back again. Even when a little child gives, he doesn't want to take it back again. If a little child drops an offering and he wants to take it back, the mother will flog him. No, go. It's no more your own. The moment you drop it, it ceases from being yours. And so that is how first fruit offering is. That you now surrender it to God. Now based on this understanding, the giving of a first fruit offering to God as a church is simply tapping into the blessing provision of the first fruit offering as commanded by God to his people and not in any way as an Old Testament law. We don't do it as a law. We are not living under law. Listen, we are giving an exposition and I want you to understand the exposition. But if you like, you give. If you don't like, don't give. God will not punish you for not giving. You will not go to hell for not giving. You will not suffer for not giving. So be rest assured that it's not a cause that you did not give. No. It's not a law. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it has its own provisions. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you can be a Christian and refuse to give offering from the day you got born again to the day you die. It's not going to make you to go to hell. You can be a Christian and refuse to pay your tithe or give to support the work of God from the day you got born again to the day you die. It's not going to make you to go to hell. But there are provisions. When you do what you ought to do. And so in the dispensation of grace that we are, we, nothing is forced. Nothing is forced. Everything comes from your heart. As a matter of fact, God does not even need it when you grumble to give it. Let me say it again. God does not need it when you grumble to give it. Keep it to yourself. And enjoy it. Do whatever you want to do with it. God is not bothered. Buy more clothes. Buy more shoes. Buy more cars. Eat in better restaurant. Upgrade your life anyhow with what you're supposed to give. God is not bothered. Because that is our dispensation. Those days when you contravene the law, God punishes the people immediately. But this is not under law. We are living under grace, whereby we are ruled by our choices. But our choices determines our outcome. Our choices determine what we become. And so you are free to give and not to give. Am I being understood here? So don't say it's compulsory in the light church or they give. No, it's not compulsory. If you give, I don't know. If I give, you don't know. I come with my envelope, 
drop something. You don't know whether there's money in it. It's only when they go there and begin to count and say, ah, there's nothing here. How many of you are in the offering on tithes uh, department? They will go and bring you, oh, open nothing. Oh, okay. We don't even know who gave the nothing. But God knows who gave the nothing. But he's taking the envelope. And, because everybody has to dance out. You know why we dance out? Because we want to give joyfully. So you have the envelope. Then you look around. You pretend. You have nothing, okay? Then you are dancing, you are dancing, and drop, and drop nothing. God is not bothered. God is not going to strike you. Then you dance and sit down. The counters begin to count. Oh, nothing. Minister Maker, am I, am I saying the right thing? We see some envelopes, nothing. We keep this one, nothing. We say, we'll keep it for somebody else next time. But some gave something. God is not bothered about that. The work goes on, life goes on, and everything goes on with or without that giver. He praised the Lord. So in giving our first offering to God, it is first to appreciate God for giving us the first fruit, meaning keeping us alive and giving us the opportunity to have what we give, and also the demonstration of our faith to trust him for greater harvest for the rest of the year, so that he can protect whatever harvest he will give to us from the devourer. It's a practice that has worked for the children of Israel and by faith by faith I mean by faith I believe it will work for any covenant child of God who understands this enough to practice it the same way he worked for them you know it's funny that we receive Old Testament promises I am the head and not the tail I am the first and not the last. A thousand will fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand side. It will never come near me. We are happy to receive the promises. But we are not happy to receive or to practice the things that the people we are practicing. No. Is it not money? Old Testament. They don't do it. Promise. Old Testament. We need it. You see? It's where your heart is. That determines what you do. You never wanted to give in the first instance. So you are looking whether it is old or new. And you are managing to give because everybody is giving. All of a sudden somebody said that. You said, ah, no, uh-huh. I've always thought about it. Self. It's an Old Testament practice in the first instance. Yes, I know that God has given me power to make wealth. Where is it? Deuteronomy 8.18. Why, is, why are you believing that God has given you power to make wealth from, from, from Deuteronomy 8.18? And God has not asked you to give first fruits to him. You know, we decide to pick and choose what you want to choose. And the people that started it are the people that are upset that people, that pastors are eating that money. And they are very upset and say, don't mind them. I was in an office one day and I was talking to a friend of my friend, a successful lawyer, and we're all discussing. And he said, I know most of all these pastors, they came out third class. And for what, for want of what to do, they now became, they now became pastors. And they are busy collecting the money of the people, flying first class. Where those of us first class in airplane, where those of us that made first class, 
are seen flying coaches because they're stealing people's money. They're stealing their tithe and the rest of it. It has become a vocation. Why didn't they practice their law? And I said, you mean that all the pastors have taught class people? He said, to a very large extent, yes. And I said, it's so interesting that people can think that way. But you see, I don't want to talk about blaming or not blaming them because there are also pastors that are making merchandise of the people for themselves and the people give and they stock up their pocket and they go and begin to do those things, buying Rolls Royces, you know, flying jets and flying um, first class with the money of the people that sufferers, people that are walking on the street, you know, vegetable sellers and uh, shoemakers and all that manage to put together and the population increase and, and uh, the number of people now give becomes more in as much as what they're giving is little. And you are so bold to yourself to take it for yourself and build houses and I'm boasting that God has made you rich. And so they saw those kind of people and they get upset about it. But that is not the standard. That is absolutely not the standard. That there are bad people doesn't mean there are no good people. There are people that are contravene the law doesn't mean that there are no law-abiding citizens of the world and of the word of God. And so he went on and on and um, and he didn't know I'm a pastor and they were talking and I just put one question and all of a sudden one of our friends and said Charles is a pastor, you know. He said, really? I, and I kept quiet. I said, yeah, well, what do you think? And I said, you are not one of them. I said, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know I'm not one of them? No, I mean, how do you know? I, I know you have, we are here discussing business. We know what you are talking about. So you are not one of them. I said, well, there might be thousands of the Charles that you are seeing here that could not be one of them. So stop generalizing. Elijah said, God, you know that I am the only prophet standing. I have worked so hard to stand. You know, I am the only one. God said, what? There are thousands that are standing only that they don't make noise like you. <laughs> that shocked him. And when Jezebel began to boast and pursue him, he ran. He now realized that he doesn't have all the power that he thought he had. He ran. I said, God, this woman wants to kill me. I'm no better than my father's. God said, your journey is still long. <laughs> okay? Now, a lot of bad people all over the place, a lot of people doing bad things all over the place, but that does not cancel the fact that there are still good people that does things. And I took time to educate him about God, about the calling of God, about the practice of the word. And I think he was a little bit humbled because from all indication, from everything he has known and gathered, there are people that are there, they were there that everything he had is nothing. And they are practicing Christians that are ministers and might not just directly be pastors. And by the time people began to open their mouth to speak, he was humbled. 
because he managed to rent an office and he's struggling to practice and he's not getting the best. He's carrying his first class in his head. People are driving big cars, living in better houses. In fact, I went to his house one day and I said, what? What? Is that where you live? He said, yes, I sold my old house when my kids have to go abroad. I said, then you now live where? Yeah? You know, when we boast, we watch it. <laughs> because you don't know why you are boasting. You don't even have the life itself for you to boast. And to talk down on somebody else because something has a little bit gotten better. How do you determine when you came into the world what will be your intelligent quotient? How do you determine it? You never determined it. And so that became your credential. Well, let's go to where we are going. We have scriptural support for our first food offering service. And the support is from 1, Exodus 23, verse 19. Exodus 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruit of thy labor thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not sit a, a kid in his mother's milk. Exodus 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruit. The first of the first fruit. We can talk about it later. Then Leviticus 23, 10. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheep of the first fruit of your harvest unto the priest. That is where some people took it. Unto the priest to them means give it to me, I'm the priest. <laughs> Praise the Lord. New Living Translation says, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. When you enter into the land, I am giving you and you harvest each first fruit, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. A portion. For clarity, I have to explain to you the conviction that I personally received that informed my decision to enter into a covenant with the Lord for me as a person and letter for the lighter church to be celebrating and giving our first fruit offering to God every year as long as we live. Number one is revelation. The revelation therefore to me is that if God based on his principle can use the first fruit to bless the people of Israel or can promise them greater harvest as a result of giving their first fruit and also promise them protection of their latter harvest by giving their first fruit to him. And he actually kept his promises for them. The revelation to me is then he can equally use the same principle to bless me as a person and give me greater harvest for the year and protect my latter harvest when I give him my first fruit offering. That became a revelation. If there's something about it that makes God to bless his people, then why not I do it and see whether God will not bless me? So I personally save this principle for myself as a secret of blessing from God to his people. 
his covenant people Israel. And I want to tell you that a practicing Jew don't play with first fruit. Because they also believe that that is where their blessing comes from. They don't, they don't joke with it. It's, it's like breathing. You don't even argue it. You don't even think about it. It's normal. It's normal. So, to me, if God can be faithful to his people Israel in blessing their latter harvest because they honored him with their first fruit, I believe that he can equally be faithful to me with the same blessing when I give to him my first fruit. That's my conviction. I'm serving the same God that they serve. He instructed them on the way they can be blessed and they practice and they bless them. I'm saying that's the way of this God. So if I do what he asks them to do, for the purpose of blessing, I'm sure I'm also get the kind of blessing they get. And so that became a revelation to me. Someone might say, does God need your first fruit to bless you? He has already blessed you by covenant. I have no need to argue with such a person at all. But I personally felt that I have nothing to lose if I go the extra mile with God. Even when giving him my first fruit is an act of my appreciation to him. That still make me feel good. That still make me feel what? Makes me feel very good. God, I'm appreciating you and I'm giving you my first fruit because I'm appreciating you. That makes me feel good. And I'm happy to do that. My question is, is there anything that makes it a sin in the Bible for you to give your substance to God under any guise? Whether it is offering, whether it's donation, whether it's titan, whether it's first fruit. Where is it in the Bible that makes it a sin for you to give God something? David once upon a time won the war. He felt that God helped him to win the war with his fugitive friends. Who was David? He felt very grateful to God and he said, I think I need a treat now. You go to the well of Bethlehem and get me water to drink, that cold water over there. And his men went in obedience to his instruction and they got to the well of Bethlehem almost with um, their lives seriously endangered because the, the opponent soldiers were there. But somehow God gave them grace and they managed to get into the well, sneaking and brought the water. And they came back and they were very excited to meet with David and said, David, we brought the water for you. And they said, how did it go? <laughs> we almost died. The enemies were around about the well. And... <laughs> That we are here giving you the water is just the grace of God. David said, what? Who am I to drink this kind of water that almost took the life of somebody? God, you are the only one that deserves this. It was not written in the Bible that anybody had to pour water to God. And God, I, the Bible said, David, pour the water and say, God, this is for you. Something that would have taken the life of, who am I to drink this water? I'd rather die testing. 
than for me to drink the water that would have killed somebody. The honor of this is an opportunity for me to say to you, God, I thank you. This is special water. It's an opportunity for me to give you this because this is something glorious. And at some point he said, I cannot give God what costs me nothing. This is something that is very expensive. I will give it to you. The Bible did not say, God said, you are wasting your time. Why did you? There was no comment. There was no comment from God in any way. Anyhow, but the truth is that David is known to be a man after the heart of God. One of the richest kings that ever ruled in Israel from nothing, from no background, no riches background, he gave his way true to riches. Nobody taught him. He taught himself to love God and to give to God. If you want somebody to teach you not to give, remain where you are. That's why we are still living in the same place for the past five years, no change. Riding the same car for the past five years, no change. We are still arguing. What do you have that God has not given to you? You're holding back. These pastors are eating people's money. <laughs> Hold it there. Praise the Lord. Hold it there. And enjoy it. Go to extra restaurant and eat. Buy extra tires if your own is wearing out. <laughs> Does God need it to bless you? Not necessarily. God can still bless you in order if you keep other covenants of blessing. But there is a covenant of blessing that is attached to this that can also come to you. That takes us to number two. Apart from the revelation, the other one is covenant. That's part of the revelation I got. Covenant. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thy increase. So shall thy bounds be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. This is from the Bible. You know, most of these promises has conditions. And when church, we take promises and we don't take the condition for the promise and we recite the promise we enjoy the promise no wonder it's not working in people's life this one said honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thy increase Ah, it's not to me it's for the children of Israel none shall be barren in our land it is for me Whatever you do prospers. It is for me. It's not exactly only for the children of Israel. It's the blessing of Abraham. It's for me. Honor the Lord with that substance. And the first fruit of your increase. So shall the barn be filled. The barn filled with plenty is for me. Honor the Lord with that substance and the first fruit is for Israel. <laughs> you are joking. And some stupid people that don't have direction in life will just preach one word. And they say, that is the revelation. Again, like I said, you never wanted to give. You don't even give to yourself. <laughs> you don't even give to your children. You don't even give to your wife. You are stingy. You can't give to God. You don't give to your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your friends. You, don't, you are not a giver. So it is to God, yes, that's a revelation. Why can't he be your pastor? 
Praise the Lord. So first fruit offering was a covenant that God entered into with his people. Israel. Which requires the people of Israel to give God the very best of their first fruit. Whatever that represents of their early harvest for God to give them abundance in their latter harvest period. He said to them, if you give me your best of your first, I will make your bounds fill with plenty and their presses burst out with new wine. So as a covenant, the Lord further opened my eyes to see how he used it to prosper those people, Israel. It is actually one of the strongest principles behind the prosperity of Israel. Check it out. And the same God that you and I serve did it based on covenant. First, it came to me as a personal revelation. The revelation is that I can equally practice this as a child of God. The same God of Israel, the same God that Israel serves and see tap into the prosperity of that same God that is set aside for his people of Israel, which by right I belong to, because I'm now a member of the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians 2.12. Ephesians 2.12. I am now a member of what? And that's a New Testament scripture. I believe that if it worked for them, and it's still working for them, it will equally work for me, based on the same principle of the same God who I serve and they serve Jesus who redeemed me and made me a member of the commonwealth of Israel and a partaker of God everlasting covenant with Israel is there to oversee that. Based on this revelation, I decided to enter into the covenant with the Lord in this area. And so we must understand that any child of God or a group of God's people can enter into a covenant with God on specific issues concerning their relationship with God and they can fulfill their part. And when they fulfill their part, the Lord will fulfill his part. Talking about covenant, eight o'clock this morning, I was in a church preaching. And that is why I must tell you, please stop coming late. Stop coming late. This year, there is no room for lateness. Stop coming. I was in that church with Pastor Amos, Dodi Ferry, Minister Lawyer, and um, Brother John. We are there. Eight o'clock, the service have started. And I think I started preaching by 20 past eight or thereabouts. People were seated, listening to the word of God. And we said this service that night is strolling by. It's the way you take God. The Bible said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. If you think there's something special about coming to church on a Sunday, you will know you have to come on time. And of course, the Lord enabled us to, to minister. But in the course of that, I gave a small testimony of myself and I said, I entered into a covenant with God sometime in my life when I needed money to preach the gospel. I needed to do evangelism. I needed to do crusade. I didn't have the money. I told everybody to give me in the church. 
They didn't give me. The pastor of the church said, Evangelist OJ, you're on your own. That's Pastor Albert. Go and raise the money and organize this, your outreach. And I said, Pastor, now please. He said, we don't have money now. We're trying to do other things. Talk to the elders. I talked to them, some elders and all that. They just couldn't give me what I needed. But I need to do it in the church. I got home. I nailed down. I think I, I did that. We nailed down together. Yes. And I said, God, if you prosper me, if you give me money, I will use the money to preach for you. That was a covenant. And somebody can say, why are you entering covenant? Is the Old Testament? Nonsense. Did it work for me? Yes, it's worked for me. If you give me, you are here listening to me because God gave me the money to start this ministry. For six months of the starting of this ministry, my purse, my, my money was paying salary of more than 100,000 people. I mean, 100,000 naira for all the choir, for the instrumentalists and the church worker. Me. Till eventually it begins to reduce as God begins to bring the people. If you won't do it now. If you don't want to give, you won't do it. And when the Lord said to me, when, before the church started, that you are going to take everything, everything you have, give it for the church. I said, I want to buy a Mercedes. He said, no. I mean, I don't have the time to give that testimony today. I want to buy a plot of land. He said, no. I used 2.1 million naira in that year, 1999, to buy a plot of land in Magodo. And God said, go and collect that check. The money is mine. He will say, how can the money be yours? Is it not me that made the money? You know, this is a personal relationship. It's not a question of, you don't want to have a personal relationship with God so that he wouldn't ask you for anything. The name of the guy, the, the lawyer that I gave the money to buy that property, you know the story. It's Cyprian Ashibuogo. He's from my town and a friend of mine. I gave him the money, go and buy that land in Magodo. I don't know what God is saying. I gave, I gave, I gave the man the check. The man lives in Ogudu, Jiarui. Yeah. He traveled to Abuja. God woke me up at night. That land is not yours. Collect the money. How many of you hear from God here? You better want to begin to hear from God. I went to Supreme office. Ah, he traveled, our guy traveled to Abuja. At the time of nine, not nine up, yes. But he didn't have one then. I don't know how to reach him. I came by and said, God, I, I have gone to collect. I didn't see him. That night, he woke me. Go and collect that money. <laughs> I went to his office. They say he has not come back. I kept going every day till eventually Cypre came back and he ran to my, he ran to my office. I said, ah, what's happening now? What is this thing about? I said, God has never allowed me to sleep. He said I should collect that money. He said, you don't know what you are saying, no? That man need that money very badly. When I gave him that check, he said, ah, thank God because he has something to do with the money. I said, well, bro, just do me the favor. Just go and tell him I, I want the money. Anytime, if he says that land, anytime, he will give it back to me. For me, I'm not going to go to that place. He went to the man's place. He got to the gate of the man. The man looked at him from upstairs. I said, lawyer, ah, why are you coming to me early this morning? 
He now asked them, please open the gate for him. And the man came down, downstairs, with a diary. And I said, lawyer, what's happening? Before Cyprian could say anything, he said, have you come to collect that check? Cyprian said, what do you mean? He said, that night, something told me not to lodge that money. That I shouldn't put that money in my account. And the voice came in fear and trembling. So I kept your check. Did he ask you to come and collect it? Cyprian could not say anything. He stretched his hand, collected the check, come, came to my office straight and said, Charles, what is going on here? I said, what? He said, this is what happened. I wept. And as I was weeping, Cyprian was weeping. I brought the check. I tore it. Put it in my, you know, waste basket. I told my wife, we went to Ojota Anozier's place. There's one man is now late that sells musical instrument. I contacted Peter Banefo. We went to Anozier's place. I said to Anozier, I mean, I said to Peter, select something that worth 2.1 million naira. I'm talking about 1999. I used all that money to buy equipment and instruments. The next day, they delivered it and I kept it in one room and I knelt down with my wife. I said, God, please forgive me. This is yours. Take. I'll spend the money for you. I didn't have a space for the church then. I only got the space three months after. But I gave him his money. Take your money. Take your instrument for yourself. My brother... Chuksumakwe knows Sipwe Lashibogu. My sister, the wife, knows Sipwe Lashibogu. I don't know how many of you knows him here. He's on tape. Somebody can go and give it to him. I was talking with my present lawyer. And he said, what about Sipwe that actually drew the constitution of the church? I said, it's not in a Sabadoon exploit. I'm talking about Osai. I like to call names so that you can relate to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is not a joke. And so I gave up that, that land. I gave up everything. I bought the instrument with it. And we started this church. And where is it written in the New Testament that you have to do it? Because you're a New Testament man. Well, show me the New Testament. Where God told um, Philip or James or John to sell their land. I don't know about that. It is what I know that I say. And it's how God dealt with me that I speak. If you want, when you get to heaven, ask them how they, how they did their own ministry. But don't dispute mine for me now. Mm -hmm. So when I say I caught a revelation, I mean I caught a revelation. You are, you know, you are not forced to take it. You can take a revelation of um, a truck pusher, take a revelation of a DJ, take a revelation of um, whatever you want to take. That's you on your own. Bible teacher and Bible scholar, you're on your own. I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm not a Bible scholar. But one thing I know, God talks to me. Holy Ghost talks to me. I am where I am now by the direction of God. 
If you don't have such relationship, shut your mouth when somebody is saying what he knows about God. Stop arguing. Find, try to make your way first right with God. Do you know that God at all? Is he money he's looking for? Do you even know, even know that God in the first instance? Do you know the God? I don't want to give God anything. You're on your own. So, Old Testament scripture based on a personal revelation. Psalm 50 verse 5 said, bring my first fruit or bring my faithful people, sorry, to me. Those who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Bring my people that can make covenant with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. By sacrifice. God is looking for people that will sacrifice to him. God loves people who enters into a sacrificial covenant with him. He honors his own part of the covenant. Then after I was convinced that this is right to do for my blessing, I had a convention to go ahead and share it with the lighted church. A sister called me three, four days ago. The sister is in church today. And I'm not going to call her name. And it's a pastor. I have my first fruit already. Do I need to wait till after the teaching? I said, that is religious. You have your, you know the covenant, yes? He said, I've been practicing it for a long time. Go and give to God. You're not giving to me. The people that I need to keep opening their ears is the people that are still doubting, are still not, you know? So we need, can you keep saying it? I said, for your own, just go and give. And you don't want to know how much you gave, she gave as first fruit. You don't want to know. She's in the church today. I said, give, give. Just don't wait. Just, just. I mean, we're trying to do some practice that will, just to be able to bring understanding to somebody. But she says he's been working for me. He's, he's been working for, and somebody said, yeah, he's not the one that is working for you, Joe. <laughs> but somebody says, working for me. I'm happily wanting. He said, no, it's not. Something else is working for you. Huh? If I say I have a dream that I'm flying jets, who are you to tell me I didn't have the dream that I'm flying jets? You don't argue somebody's dream and revelation. Eh? My people has a proverb that what they are alone you can lower. If I said I have, I am going to ride Rolls Royce. I saw myself driving Rolls Royce. They say, you didn't see yourself driving anything, Joe. Is it not a dream I have? Some people argue with people's dreams and revelations. And they want to have an authority over people's revelation. Because they feel they know better. Abba. Abba. You need to know God for yourself, please. So to us in this assembly, it is a covenant with God that we must faithfully keep with him. If you are convinced, if you know it, like I said when we started, you might decide not to give. It doesn't change anything. You might decide to give. It will change something in your life by my convention. Having settled this, it will be necessary to understand the biblical principle behind the first fruit blessing that we are talking about. I don't have time anymore. But I will just brush through it. No time to expand it. Number one, well, if you listen to last year's tip, you, you can get a little bit of more details. There are principles that underline this. One, the principle of first belongs to God. Romans eleven sixteen. 16. 
For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. So this is the principle that establishes the first from the rest. It's a principle of God. It's a principle of life. It's a principle like if you jump up, you come down. The law of gravity. It says principle of life. If the first fruit be holy, the lump becomes holy. The second principle is the principle of giving and receiving. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. There is seed that scattereth, yet he increaseth. And there is seed that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that scattered, it's a principle, yet he increases because he's scattering. And there are those that withhold. It's me, it's my money, it's my labor. I don't want to give it to any church. I don't want to give it to anybody. It's my own. And you come in an air-conditioned church. You come in a place and sit down comfortably. Bills are paid. Worship have, goes heavily. We repair equipment. We spend about 100 and something to just change our UPS. Do you understand? It's people's tight and offering. But you are here comfortable, listening and raising holy hands. And after you go home, I don't, want, I don't give anything. Is it not church? <laughs> if they lie that close, <laughs> because you don't even want to go to church in the first instance. Anyway, all right, so you are with, we are holding more than you're supposed to. Then you tend to what? What the Bible say? Poverty. You tend to what? A lot of people would have been bigger than who you are now, but you are holding beyond what you should hold for yourself. The Bible says, a liberal soul shall be made fat. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, praise down, shaking together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, without it shall be measured unto you again. This is like the principle of sowing and reaping. Whenever you give, what you are giving becomes a seed. And just expect to be a harvest from whatever you give. The Bible says if you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. If you give to the widows and often, you are giving to God. So there are givings. And givings bring about blessing. This giving principle is not limited to giving God and his kingdom. It works very strongly when applied in everything in life. Give. The top principle is the principle of sacrifice. Whenever you give God sacrificially, God is honored and God rewards you bountifully and much more. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, They that sows in tears shall reap in joy. Sacrificial giving is what made David to say, I cannot give God what cost me nothing. Not I will give God what is convenient for me. I will not give God what does not seem to want to pay me in my heart. But that is him. His testimony is stands tomorrow. The principle of the kingdom's sake. Luke 28, 29, 30. And he said unto them, Jesus was saying, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold, more in this present time, and in the world to come, everlasting life. Mark 10, 29, 30. And Jesus said, 
answered and said, Verily I said to you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or land like I left in Magodo for my sake and the gospel's sake that he shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses I'm waiting brethren like you and I sisters, mothers, children plenty of them and lands I am waiting. And he said with persecution. Because everybody will be upset with you. What did he even do to get the money? They will be attacking you and harassing you. They don't know the covenant you entered many years ago with God. And in the world to come, eternal life. Simply meaning that whatsoever you, you live for God's sake or the kingdom's sake, including money, God will give you back a hundredfold in this world. The question here is, where is your first food offering money going when you give the lighted church? The answer is to the church for the work of the ministry and for the gospel of and, and for the gospel or the kingdom's sake. No more, no less. I don't know about other assemblies, but I know about the assembly that I pastor. Without doubt, anything given for the kingdom purpose has harvest guarantee. You can never go wrong with it. Neither is you can ever, you know, fault God that He didn't do what He promised to do. Whether it's an Old Testament or in the New Dispensation, once it is for God's kingdom purpose, then leave the rest to God. Therefore, if the process or the proceeds, sorry, of the first fruit offering is 100% as in this church for the work of the ministry and expansion of the kingdom and paying off our bills and salaries and maintaining our equipment and saving money to do things for the kingdom as in our ministry we can be sure that the Lord will be so committed in giving you and I the required harvest because of his kingdom's sake please note again for emphasis ask whosoever you want to ask in this church we don't give our first fruit offering to the pastor. You don't give your first fruit offering to Charles O.J. But you give it to God for the work of the ministry. For the expenses of the church. Just for God. Don't be bothered about how it's going to be spent. But just for God. As long as it's not for me. I remember many years ago, I, God enabled me to pay very fat tithe. I mentioned about the tithe when, we, when I was ministering today in the other church. And my pastor came to me and said, are you sure of what you are doing? I said, of course, yes. And I said, okay, let's go to the bank to be sure that this check will clear. We went to Equatorial Trust Bank along our line. He lodged in the, the check. Confirmation? Ah, this is the person. I let him confirm. I confirm. And I said, then I was an evangelist. Evangelist, is this money here? I said, it's here now. Can I have received my pastor? And I got the money. And they cashed the money. But to him, it's like, is it possible that somebody can give God this kind of money as tight? You know, because we compromise our tight. 
Tide is not 110. Tide is something convenient. <laughs> he said, Evangelist, are you sure? I said, well, I'm not going to stop by giving that tithe. I went, I checked. I had, that time we started worshiping somewhere around them. Where, where you have Mountain of Fire right now by Mobile, you know, that Mountain of Fire church, that warehouse. I, I, we started worshiping there. So I, I, I bought all the fans and I rocked the altar. We had some chairs and I bought more chairs after paying tight. Say, <sighs> Evangelist, now what for you? I say it's understanding now. Simple understanding. But why am I bringing this situation? We had other people that were prominent in the church. You had some very evil people that like to give God. And they were normally, some of them were doing shady things, we know. But anyway, they brought a lot of money. My pastor went and bought buses for himself, buses for transport. He would put the money into certain things by himself. And I said, Pastor, how do you withdraw this money now? Myself and Emmanuel Binum, you know, I don't know what I know him. We're the ones that were supposed to be signing and they come to sign. I said, okay, what's going happen now? He said, no, we need to do some things. We need to do some things. That's okay. My mind said to me, don't pay tight again, no. Because this man will use the money like he's using this one. That night, the Holy Ghost knocked me on the head. Whether he used it to carry girlfriends, he used it. Do you have another church? No, as at that time, no. Give it to God. He let him do what he wants to do with it. Except a grain of wheat falls down to the ground and dies, it abides alone. You cannot plant a seed and begin to dig. To know how the seed is doing. That is what you do as, as Christians these days. And somebody's traveling. Are you sure it's not our money? How much did you even give? My pastor, Pastor Tao, told us the story one time. There was one person that was, you know, giving a lot of money to the church. And apparently the person was stealing the money from, from the bank. And um, they now wrote to Pastor Taiwo to the church and said, this person has been stealing money. We need you to come and answer questions with EFCC. Pastor Taiwo said, for what? Where is, the, where is this, um, um, what do you call it? Accountant. Please, since that person starts coming to church, calculate his tight. Calculate how much that he say he give to his name. Give it back to the that is covenant. You think it's the titan offering that is making me to wear the shoe. Somebody gave it to me anyway. By grace. This dress was made by brother Azuka. I paid him money to do that. Not your tithe, not your offering. Huh? I live in Ikoi, not your tithe, not your offering. All my cars, not your tithe, not your offering. No salary, no allowance, no, no... Only that me when I want to do birthday, you, you love to give me gift. My birthday is coming now. So we can <laughs> so we can do with gifts. But I don't earn salary. I don't earn allowance. I don't earn anything from the church. I don't take church money. Again, I don't eat your tight offering or first fruit. I'm not like them. But there are others that are also like me. 
what I do is that I oversee the spending of church money because I'm accountable to it. A lot of people have given responsibility to people and they eat the money under their nose. They eat the money under their what? Under their watch because they want to be they want to be politically correct. You give two or three persons to be signatory to the account and they connive. And they would start withdrawing God's money. So I oversee every expenses that is made here. I know. I sign. So if I'm eating, let God judge me. I had a department in Dorosimi and we bank with, um, with Zenit Bank. He sees the account and he sees the flow. There was one day he called me. He said, Pastor, this money that went out, what is it for? Ah, I said, my chairman. You remember that thing I told you? He said, okay. And the second account is under the custody of um, a lawyer. So where am I going to hide? <laughs> if I sign a check for myself, a lawyer will ask me, Pastor, this money, what is it for? We are in the, uh, you know, offering department, don't know where this money has gone to. I said, no, I'm, I was so pressed. I needed to pay my rent. He said, eh. I said, don't talk. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it has never happened, and it will never happen in Jesus' name. If I don't have money, I will call you. Brother says, I beg, find me some, find your pastor something there. He's more honorable. Do you understand that? <laughs> okay, because giving is reciprocal. I give you, if I'm in need, you give me, and that's how life is. Yeah? Okay? And uh, what you do with your children is that you keep giving them, keep sponsoring them. One time they will begin to give you back. Don't be so proud to say, I don't need the money. You need it all. I am training you now to be so prosperous so that you can begin to give your father. Your father in the Lord. <laughs> but not in the form of salary or allowance. If you say, sir, I say, take. What if you say, pastor, I bless you. I am preparing now to go and bless my pastor. I'm accumulating some dollars. I've not gotten enough yet because there are certain things I cannot bless my, my father with in the first the first blessing of the year. There's something I can, that is normal. Okay, does he have money? He has a lot of money. God has blessed him also. But giving is reciprocal. In closing, you can never outgive God if you are giving to God. The more you give, the more God gives to you. At times you don't have the harvest when you feel you will have it. Because who determines the harvest is God himself. So, give God your first fruit by way of covenant and conviction and faith and God will do what he say he will do. If you like, don't give him. God will still be God and the lighter church will still be moving. And you still come and enjoy AC, AC church, enjoy good equipment and instrument and God thing. And uh, very soon we are going to go to a bigger church that belongs to us. And you ask yourself, what did I give to this? No, 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 you don't need to give. Come along for all things are ready. Stand to your feet. Mm -hmm. mm, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul I live for you 
alone every breath that I take every moment I wait Lord have your way Amen sing it like you mean it you my heart I give you my soul Jesus I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I wake Lord have your way in me Thank you, Jesus. Here I live for you alone. Every bright I ride. Every moment I will. shared your word, the sincerity of my heart, the way you have inspired me, giving your people the basic principles of what you want us to do with you. Help them, Lord, to have understanding of your word and to live according to your principles. So you bless them according to your word and your promises. And so that it be evident and they will stand in the altar to say that God has blessed me in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.